to Seishura. I'm Jim Jam. I'm Scoot Magoo. And uh, so we, we have a little different kind of episode today. We, we actually split one episode in half because we ended up, you know, uh, blathering on and on as as we do, um, as we like to do. And, you know, part of the reason I love Scott. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, but we went into this week, planning this week, uh, talking about, uh, well, so Let's just talk about the context of this, I guess, first, because Scott sent me, uh, it was Pitchfork, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pitchfork put out recently a list of like the best, uh, 33 best industrial albums, which is a very strange number. Um, I, it, that has to be a reference to song. I, just I it don't, really, I don't yeah, get but like, it. like I, I, I don't get it either. Um, because the only thing I can think of is like Meshuggah's Catch 33, and I'm like, that's, that's not an industrial album, and it's not a good album. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Hot takes aside, um, we it, it got me thinking that we should do another genre exploration episode wherein we listen to a handful of uh, you know albums that we sort of pick amongst ourselves. We don't talk to each other about what we've listened to until right here, and uh, we've done this before uh, with free jazz, and I, I want to say possibly hardcore punk. No, I, I don't think so. We, we should do a hardcore punk episode though. Yeah. Um, but. So today we did it. We're doing it with industrial and um, industrial music, and so, you know, going into this, I I thought, you know, uh, even though I, I think industrial re- refers to a very certain type of music, I think depending on where you're looking, like on like a rate your music, like they would probably view like Coil and Throbbing Gristle and like that type of stuff is like pure, you know, industrial, and then you sort of have all these variants, you know, that are sort of scattered around industrial rock industrial metal EBM, mm-hmm. you know things like that um i i'm i just i just thought it'd be better if we took a very wide stance sort of what pitchfork did with their list and just sort of include all of all of these genres that have sort of been influenced by this one industrial sound you know so we're talking you know anything from you know uh industrial rock to electro industrial to power electronics harsh noise death industrial um ebm you know things like that so you know um as long as as long as there's some sort of machinery going on as as long as someone's being really angsty you know and or you know being very violent you know what have you uh you know it's it's fair game um I, I would also, you know, I don't want to take up too much time because I just want to get into this, but um, I think with this genre, I think there's a lot of controversy involved, uh, just given the imagery uh, that a lot of these bands will sometimes use. Um, and I think just considering that, that we're in a time where um, I think tensions around, you know, white supremacy and things like that are extremely high, and, and not, not to say that they shouldn't be, Um but I just think it's worth just sort of pointing this out that these artists don't that this isn't their prerogative isn't to push like a supremacist agenda, or at least most of them. Um, and I just want to quote this uh, passage really quick from uh, David Keenan's uh, England's Hidden Reverse, which is a fantastic book on early industrial music that I highly recommend anybody read. Um Industrial music and noise, ultimately, at its best, is redemptive. 
It represents an unflinching descent into the dark of our evolutionary past, the dark of our blind sexual urges, the dark of our hidden terrors and fears, and the petty and terrible violence of day-to-day -day existence, and attempts to come to some kind of terms with them while never denying or censoring them. We need an art form that says yes to no, an art form that is that in its refusal of, li of liberal pieties and platitudes of what is right and what is wrong allows passage through this heart of darkness via an orgy of sex and violence, an orgy which in its original meaning meant a ceremony of initiation rites. And just as in myth, when the goddess of beauty, love, war, and sex, Ishtar, is returned from the underworld, perhaps we ourselves as humans can rescue that spark of beauty and hope and fearlessness from our own dark places. Wow. So, yeah, just, just a little food for thought if, you know, if you find, you know, some of the imagery that is talked about in some of these bands to be offensive, you know, you have the right to think how you want to think, uh, but so do these people. So, <laughs> uh, so let's just get started. Scott, uh, let's just talk about all four of your albums, you know, and uh, just talk about what you went through. Uh, yeah, so the way I approach this is... Um, I went through all the decades that have industrial albums, starting with the 70s, and okay. just whatever was the highest rated album I hadn't heard yet, I picked that one. Okay. Um, I was unsuccessful in the 2010s, because, which is why there's only four, not five, uh, okay. just because I had listened to uh, either the... I wanted to pick albums that actually mattered. Uh, like, or, well, well, okay. By that I mean, like, that are, are broadly considered, like, this is an important album. Cause there were I, any, I, I get you. Because there were, like, a, a slew of albums I could have picked from the 2010s, but most of them had, you know, like, maybe a couple hundred votes. And I wanted to pick something that had close to a thousand or at least a thousand. Just um, get a really good picture of what how industrial evolved over the decades. Um so the 2010s, I don't have anything, but starting with the 70s, um, might be kind of an obvious pick, but I hadn't heard it before, and it's a pretty important album. Uh, can can I take a guess? Oh, I was just going to say. Okay. Yeah. Dude. Uh, which, this, this was, um, I guess I should, I mean, it was on the cusp of the 80s, which was really when Industrial came to its own, at least yeah. from, from my vantage point. <laughs> If, if people haven't caught on, we're talking about 20 Jazz Funk Greats by Throbbing Gristle. Yeah, but, um, um, and that uh, definitely had that... It, it really did split the decades, which I feel like is something that... Um, something that happened a lot in 79, at, at least for, you know... Maybe I'm speaking too out of turn, but... Like, for example, Unknown Pleasures, to me, is a great example of like something that feels like it belongs in the 70s but also the 80s at the same time yeah obviously same thing with um oh remain in light i think yes i, I think oh, i think a, remain in light was 79 i think yeah i think so yeah. too um which is that's a great example um but this definitely it had that kind of 70s um i mean it's not kraut rock but that, that kind of whole scene of just like experimental rock um really pushing forward um even beyond what rock was but also very much in the 80s uh, kind of industrial electronic uh, traditions that I'm used to hearing. And I loved how it definitely felt like early experimental music and early electronic music. Uh, like I really, I really liked how it felt very 
innovative and forward looking, but also a product of its time. And I really appreciated yeah. uh, what it brought to the table. Uh, it, it was definitely weird. Uh, I mean, obviously the genre would be pushed a lot further down it, the line, well, but it's it's a strange genre to begin with. I mean, yeah. it's it's not even like it began with rock. Like it it started with like I mean, Thrive and Gristle were like performance artists at the beginning and like you know the, they i think i would argue that they pulled more from like you know stockhausen uh-huh. <laughs> and like you know avant-garde composers than they than they did from like the sex pistols so yeah for sure um but yeah i mean it definitely was kind of the beginning of something big like just listening to it it felt like uh the, uh, the kind of the pupil stage of a lot of different ideas in industrial music i've heard since um, so I know that this has an album anniversary this year and we'll yeah. probably talk about it in greater depth later, but yeah. definitely I, as soon as I saw that on the list, when I did the radio music, um, charts, I was like, I, I need to listen to this cause it, it feels very, uh, very important. To, uh, to, to I'm spin. surprised. I'm surprised you hadn't listened to that before. Have yeah, you listened, just, to, just one of have you listened I mean, to any other throbbing gristle? No, it was the first, my first throbbing oh, gristle okay. album. Uh, oh. it, it's definitely a, uh, an, an important band or they're an important band that I just uh, I've always wanted to get around to listening to. I, I will, I, I would say that I think industrial ends up getting more interesting as time goes on, but like, you know, that album is still really cool for its time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what, so let's see, you had seventies. So what, what about eighties? Eighties? Uh, we have listened, we actually, we talked about this band on, Heavy Vanguard. I did. We did not listen to the. I made sure to go back and check. We did not listen to this album, and it was rated highest in the eighties, at least. Uh, Coil, Horse, Rotor, Rotor. Oh yeah, it's a we, great talked, album. we talked about Ape, Apes, Ape of Naples on. Uh, yeah. Um, Heavy Vanguard yeah, way Heavy way Vanguard, back. Way, but yeah, it was a long long time ago. But yeah, um, this was great, and I forgot how. They just do an incredible job of blending experimentalism and melody uh, for me. Like, there's just there's so much subtle melody on all the Coil releases I've heard. Um, and I just really... Uh, I, I really like the the slant they take on industrial music. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not as abrasive, but it's just very dark and kind of uh, introspective in a way. Um, and so, just, oh, I, I, sorry, I, go ahead. Yeah, just it, it, there's a lot there, and I think with all these releases, I, I probably you know listened to, through them all twice. I feel like there's more that could have been you know can be taken from it on, on additional listens, but um, just definitely a, a very very measured approach. Uh, I like the the balance of, of melody and uh, and kind of darkness that they they've woven. Uh, kind of reminded me of how much I loved Ape of Naples and and want to kind of bring them a bit more into my rotation going forward yeah i so and is this this is your first coil album aside from ape of naples as well yeah i mean i, I listened to that a ton when we did it for heavy vanguard and yeah I listened to it uh i haven't listened to them since but this is a you know, really phenomenal release yeah coil has a really interesting discography which i'll admit i haven't even you know really you know scratch the surface of because like they go from like this really cool industrial sound on like Horace Rotovator and then Scatology which was the album before this to you know this weird acid house sound mm-hmm. that they had for a while and then they went to just 
pure weird experimentation uh, with like you know like music to play in the dark and you know black antlers and uh, ape and apples and things like that. So it's they they just have a really interesting discography. I, I also I mean I I'm assuming that you know this, but I I I don't want to like, but you you do know that Coil was like an offshoot of Throbbing Gristle, right? Um, I now know that. Yeah, so uh, Christofferson, who is, uh, I think his name, I think his nickname was Sleazy in, uh, <laughs> in in Throbbing Gristle. He, um, I think once the band sort of disintegrated for like the first time, and I think Genesis Peorage went to go start like Psychic TV, which is a whole other band I haven't even got into. Um, he ended up sort of uh, joining with this guy John Balance and uh, creating Coil. So, you know, the, yeah, it, it's really cool to see how they took what Robin Gristle did and sort of, you know, really like refined it a lot more. Um, and like, even if you ask like Trent Reznor, like he, he's like more of a Coil fan than a Robin Gristle fan uh, to the point that he's, he signed them to release a couple of their albums on nothing before. Um, yeah. Interesting factoids. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know that, but I guess it, it makes. I mean, that happens a lot in these types of scenes. Oh yeah, definitely you know, progression yeah. and and you know. Yeah, they, they, I was actually noticing that a lot with some of my listens, but um, I, I'll get to that later. So let's see. So Throbbing Gristle, Twin Jazz Funk Greats, Coil, Horse Rotivator. Um, uh, so what about nineties? So there are a lot of puppy themed bands. That, skinny puppy that I have, you know, always mixed up over the years, like Snarky Puppy, yeah. Skinny Puppy, and I think there's another one. Uh, but when I saw it, I was like, okay, I recognize that name. I feel like they're important. Uh, so Skinny Puppy, Last Rites, <laughs> um, very. Uh, I the number one. I don't think this is necessarily a negative or a positive, but it's an extraordinarily British album. Uh, it's it's, just, it's so fucking angsty, right? It's so angsty, and just like the um, the obviously you could hear the uh, the accent and the vocals, but just all along, it just sounded very British to me. Oh god! Which I so I I actually have this album on my list too. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and um, I when I could all I could think of when I was listening to it was like this is like peak rivet head culture right here. Yes, <laughs> just, totally. Yeah. Um, but I really liked it. I mean, this is yeah. really what you think. Like, th- this is the sound when traditionally I heard industrial, I thought of. Like, very, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of in the wheelhouse of Nine Inch Nails to an extent, or at least early Nine Inch Nails, were a little bit more accessible. Like, I think the angst kind of bumped it up to being, you know, more rock-oriented. But uh, I liked it a lot. It was definitely in your face. It was very... Um, you know, especially the first two albums I mentioned are more experimental and, and kind of introspective in a way. And this was very much like heavy, industrial, uh, like totally like, you know, balls to the walls, that just energy that runs through it. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that I finally just because I'm pretty sure Snarky Puppy is like a like a like a new jazz band. I think yeah, I could the, even I, be wrong about I that. I don't even know. I thought they were like an indie rock band or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I guess I guess not. Uh, I mean, it, it it sounds like an indie rock band. I mean, it's, it's sort of Skinny Puppy though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I, I so little, little little blurb. The first time I ever heard uh even the name Skinny Puppy was in South Park <laughs> because of the, the the goth kids in South Park that that was like one of their favorite bands. So. 
Interesting. Really yeah. Funny. Uh, which is, I so I always have that memory sort of attached to them now, but it, uh, Last Race was a great album, and I'll, I'll get more on it later. Um, so, let's see, you, so now you have 2000s, right? Yeah, and this is one where I kind of went into it hoping that I would listen to this one, or that it would come up. Uh, it's uh, Birdseed by White House. Oh, Birdseed. you listened to the whole thing? Yeah. I, I, how did you find it? Uh, I found it on youtube and I, I think i don't know if i got all the tracks uh it was um i think it was complete i mean i don't know if they released different versions yeah, or whatever but it seemed I, uh, I, i've never found a complete version on youtube i've always had to make like a playlist of it i, th- I think it was a playlist i forget i had it in the background i, I clicked on it um and just kind of had it on at work which was a little distracting but that's okay um, <laughs> just a little little tube little tube of shit face yeah. brown hair gel squirt <laughs> i i think i've i may have listened to this before but i'm not 100 percent sure uh but yeah it definitely talks about some uh, it's intense in pretty much every way uh, yeah and kind i think that's part of its charm and part of what's definitely makes it not for everyone um but i i definitely enjoy this i this in general was um i I guess i listened to it via the regular ep by clipping yeah um so that was really cool yeah which they they sampled uh regular like a fucking eel like yeah very very heavily yeah uh (laughs) which i it's funny they don't even take the best part of that song (laughs) in my opinion because i like what my favorite thing is um you know some of the stuff before that, like uh, you know, can you can you do the chicken skin swim? Can you do the chlorine gargoyle? Can you wriggle like an eel? <laughs> you know, taste taste the feast of powder. <laughs> you know, oh man, that's such. I have actually never listened to that album in full, but I love wriggle like an eel. Like I think that song is just so fucking cool. It is a really cool song. Yeah, I I mean that that's like that's peak power electronics right there. That that's like you know White House is like the first power electronics band yeah yeah and like this is like considered their best album i i was actually looking for copies of this yesterday uh there are only two on discogs and they're both like over 50 bucks wow which i honestly like if if i end up getting like employed somewhere i i feel like i'm just gonna just bite the bullet and just buy it <laughs> it's like a little present to myself because like this is an album like i want to have on me mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah. oh it's so fucking insane it's like everything like it, it's just like it's so disgusting and abrasive on just every fundamental level i love it <laughs> yeah i mean so. it definitely was a uh challenging but rewarding listening was listen yeah so and it, that's that's all you did that's that's what I got. I, I saw, how many times did you listen to uh, all of them then? I listened to each, each of them twice. Uh, okay. Which, uh, to, to me, it, it felt like enough. I mean, also just because I listened at, at work, and, and to an extent, it, it, it did get a little distracting. I mean, it's not exactly the type of music I listen to. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm <laughs> trying to focus. So, um, but definitely enjoyed it. I mean, it was it's a genre that I, I've always enjoyed, but it was nice to revisit. Yeah. I mean... So, well, so for, for me, like, you know, Industrial was a really big influence on me as a high schooler. Like, I can think of, like, during high school, a couple of my favorite bands, like, just, I was really into Industrial. To be fair, like, into, pr- 
probably more the surface level stuff. Uh, just because I, you know, I wasn't as well versed with just, you know, the general industrial music scene. So, like, off the top of my head, like, I remember listening to a lot of uh, KMFDM, Ministry, Marilyn Manson, um, maybe White Zombie, if you'd consider that industrial. I really don't. Um, it has some elements in it. Nine Inch Nails, though, is probably the biggest one out of all of them, uh, obviously. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I... the. It, this genre's always had a really, uh, you know, special place in my heart. So, I went into this uh, with, I, I put, I, I made a huge playlist. I ended up listening to, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and uh, albums. And I was gonna actually listen to thirteen, and then I ended up not listening to it this morning because I just. I felt like I had had enough. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to like, you know, dive deep into all of these. I, I basically split everything up into three categories. So I'm just going to go in through that. So I guess first um, I did a lot of like some traditional, traditional industrial, like, you know, proto stuff and some industrial rock. So um, I actually listened to Throbbing Gristle as well, but I listened to... Uh, uh, the second annual report and DOA, which is like the third and final report uh, albums, because I have listened to 20 Jazz Funk Greats um, before, and I thought it was just, I, I kind of wanted to listen to these two because they're pretty well regarded as well. Um, they're a little weird. Uh, they're, they're a lot more abstract than 20 Jazz Funk Greats. Um, you know, there are still some interesting aspects of them, but I think it's still like more on the side of performance art than it is like full-on industrial music mm-hmm. um so like you know cool listens if you're like you know really interested in sort of the roots of the genre but i don't think it's essential listening um but i did also ha- listen to uh killing jokes uh hosannas from the basements of hell uh which i killing joke has been one of those bands that like i've been aware of them for like such a long time and i've just never never listened to them uh, and after listening to this thing, I'm, I'm really mad that I, that I kind of slept on them for that long because this is a really cool album. It's, it's just really pummeling and like, uh, I mean, to be fair, this is a later, um, Killing Joke album. This, I think this is like 2005, but like, they've been a pretty big, like industrial rock band for like, since like, I want to say like the eighties, but this was a really cool, like industrial rock pushing on metal type of album had some really cool beats and it took me a little bit to get into it you know uh the 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 singing was a little of was was pretty hoarse um you know just it it was a little like just tough to get into uh but once i was like into like the third or fourth track i was like really hooked on it um and then the last one of this little section is um uh, musician by the, who goes by the name of Fetus. Um, the album's called Nail. But, um, God, this was probably the most entertaining out of all the albums. I'm not necessarily saying it's the best, but it was the most entertaining. This thing is... I, I, I was trying to figure out what this thing sounded like. The, this is basically like if Mr. Bungle's California was was performed exclusively by Dave Mustaine. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I'm not even joking. His so th- this, this guy's voice sounds just like Dave Mustaine's to me, but the instrumentation sounds a lot like some of the stuff that shows up on Mr. Bungle's album California. 
uh, with, with a lot of industrial stuff thrown in. But there's a lot of like orchestra hits and like sort of like jazzy takes almost on it. It's it's a very it's a very strange album. It was a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, and it also another weird fact about this guy, um, he apparently does soundtrack work now. So um, his recent credits include uh, doing the music for the show Archer. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, out of out of all freaking things, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's so, so random. Yeah, so I, fetus nail, really cool album. I think I think it's called like dragging fetus across the pavement or so, something like that. Like he always has like different variations on the name, um, which you know, industrial. So yeah, <laughs> um, I guess I'll go into uh, I I my second thing was uh sort of like alternative industrial. So I did like you know, EBM and, like, electro-industrial. So, first one was Skinny Puppy, Last Rites, which was really... I, I really enjoyed it. It, it sort of um, took all, like, that Depeche mode type of synth-pop sound and sort of, like, turned it up to 10 and then kind of, like, ripped the knob off, <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, yeah, it was really cool to listen to. I mean, at the same time, though, I'm like, man, I feel like I need more tattoos and piercings to listen to this. <laughs> like, um... Then was uh, Frontline Assembly, uh, Tactical Neural Implant, uh, which Frontline Assembly was actually started by uh, one of the members of Skinny Puppy, I think, when he ended up leaving the band. Um, And I'm actually more familiar with Frontline Assembly than, you know, most of the bands on this list. Uh, Just in that, because um, I want to say he had this side project called Noise Unit that... I was really into back in the day. Like, there's this one album that they did. I think it was called Havoc, that I was like really addicted to. Uh, I think like the cover is really cool. It's like this like red hand that's like stabbed with like it looks like thorns or something like that. It's uh. it's real. It's like once you see the cover, it, it's really cool. And then for some reason, the lettering for this thing is I, I I'm not even joking. The exact lettering from this from the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. So, uh, you, you've got that. So, but tactical neural implant was, you know, more along the lines again of like a skinny puppy type of thing. I think it was more of like had more of like an EBM feel. Like th- there was a lot more like synth work going on, um, but it was still a really cool listen. I think it was, in, in a way, it felt like a little more like compact than than skinny puppy. Like it felt oh. like um, more refined and like sort of. You know, like it felt like there's like a clear destination from point A to point B on each track, um, but it was still it was a great listen. I I I think out of these, I probably enjoyed that one the most. Uh, and then finally, um, I had uh, this. Okay, so this is a band called Wump Scut. <laughs> w U M P S C U T Wump Scut, um, which is again it, more in the line of just electro industrial. Uh, and this album's called uh, Bunker Tour 7, I guess. Um, and again, very, very similar to all of these. You know, just very, like, dark, moody, lots of, uh, you know, hard-hitting beats. You know, and just, you know, like, darkness of plenty. Let's light a couple candles and put on a Tim Burton movie, you know? Oh. Um, <laughs> maybe not Tim Burton. Maybe, like, Takashi Mika or something. Yeah. But, um... So, yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. I was a really big fan of uh, of just all these. I think, like, it really scratched that itch that, like, Depeche Mode sometimes, you know, fails fails to scratch for me. Uh-huh. Um, 
just because I like, like I, I I love me some synth pop, but I also love me some like really angry, angsty music. So like this is just like a perfect hybrid. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, so finally, this is this is probably my favorite out of all these. Uh, I I just call them like extreme variants. So we're talking about like harsh noise, death industrial, power electronics, that type of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I've I, I listen to the most albums in this area. Um, so, first one, uh, Controlled Bleeding, uh, Knees and Bones. Uh-huh. This was an interesting album. Uh, also, Scott, I, I feel like I've been talking forever, so if you have any questions, just interrupt me. So No, I'm, I'm really I'm interested to listen, because I, mean, I think it's cool that you broke this out into different yeah because it really well, is kind of a open-ended uh it it really is like i think there was more that we could have gone into but i just like i mean 12 albums was enough for me (laughs) um but so control bleeding knees and bones this was really cool um this is actually the highest rated like i think harsh noise like death industrial album on rate your music and uh i've tried to get into this album before and i've just never been able to get into it because it's 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 a very slow start um, which I've I've learned after listening to a bunch of Death Industrial albums this week uh, is kind of the norm that like it sort of like has to like suck you in and then like it 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 finally goes with just like you know fucking your face in with a sledgehammer so um, yeah Knees and Bones was really really good uh, once it, once it got really started it was fucking insane um, like easily easily the harshest album on here possibly. I don't know. There's a lot of really fucked up shit on this on this list, man. Um, it was really good though. I actually have another Control Bleeding album that I own. I think it's Flembag Spattered, which is really good too. But uh, it's a little more in your face and like immediate. Um, so I, I I actually think this might Knees and Bones might be a better release. Um, so I I can't wait to buy it at some point and listen to it more because it was just really really well done. And uh, little known fact, I, and I think it's with Control Bleeding that the guys, uh, at least one of the guys from Control Bleeding teaches high school English now, so, <laughs> which, which I'm like, I'm so jealous of these, of these high school students, like, I, I want to have, like, a dude from Control Bleeding as, as my high school English teacher. Yeah, that's Just awesome. Be like, hey guys, like, like, like fuck, like, we're, we're, we're not, we're not going to read fucking F. Scott Fitzgerald, man. We're going to put on, like, or we're going to read, like, Les Chants de Maldoror. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. like hell yes dude um funny if that ever came up you know like what did uh, you do before you taught oh well well you know I, I just like screamed into a microphone man it just like worked out um that's a gross exaggeration of of what they do but um so next one was irm virgin mind um this was again more in like the line of death industrial uh and again it it was very slow on the uptake but once you get into it it's really really intense uh, this one had some odd you know uh, like vocal samples and stuff like that i think control bleeding had this similar stuff but i remember irm having like version mind having like this very strange like some really strange vocal snippets that were like like the Scott, did you ever listen to um the the last like the end of Daddy at the end of the first Corn album? Where, where, uh, at where some it breaks point, into yeah, yeah it, it breaks into like this random dialogue that uh it was like a tape that Ross Robinson found in like an abandoned house somewhere, 
it, it reminds me of that and just that you're like you don't really understand the context of, uh-huh. of what's going on but uh, again really good album I listened to uh, next uh, I had two Purient albums because um, I own what Niagara uh, Frozen Niagara Falls and uh-huh. Bermuda Drain which I think are both fantastic albums um, and I wanted to listen to some of his more uh, you know uh, some some of his other stuff that isn't as well known so I had I put on uh, and still wanting and Pleasure Ground wow like the, these are both like really devastating power electronics albums like I, I would say pleasure ground is probably more devastating uh but they're both just like just tons and tons of feedback and just screams and just you know sort of the way you know dominic furno like just goes over these type of sounds is just is really really cool um there's some really really great tracks on it that uh let me see i'm gonna just look at because that there was one in particular that really uh interested me i think it was lust end off of uh and still wanting but then i mm, oh the the final track off of uh pleasure ground called uh apple tree victim which is a great track name by the way um is was really cool because it had like this sort of droney sort of like melody to it but like it was all so fed through all these ant like you know distortion that like it came out the other side just like just totally messed up it was fucking great um next up romley's uh hole in the heart uh which is i've actually never listened to all the way through uh, i've tried to again but this is another death industrial album so you know it's not easy to listen to at first yeah for me uh, but you know, once you get through it, it, it gets super rewarding, like really quick. Um, I think the, the only thing is with, with, with almost all of these albums, uh, in this category, they're all like over an hour almost. So like it, it was, it was a little tough after a while, especially like with Purient, because like, it's not like he really switches up his sound all too much between these albums. So like, I sort of had to space them out and listen to like skinny puppy and stuff in between, mm-hmm. Just because, like, like, not to say I don't like power electronics and harsh noise and stuff like that, but, like, you, you just can't listen to it, you know, you, you, like, end on end. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in, unless you don't really want the effects of it, I think. So, uh, Hole in the Heart was really good, even though it was, you know, again, a bit long. Um, finally, Sutcliffe Jugend, uh, we spit on their graves. <laughs> Which is uh, sort of a side project from one of the dudes from White House. Uh, and apparently named after, I think, I want to say his name's Clifford Sutcliffe, uh, who is a serial killer back in Britain. And Jugend as in, uh, I think it was like youth, as in like the Hitler youth. So like the, the, the Sutcliffe youth, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess this was a uh, compilation of like a bunch of EPs that they did. So... This was like well over an hour. It was. This is probably my least favorite, honestly. Even though I, I, I think that it might have been the most interesting, in a way. Um, just you know, hearing like all these you know synthesizer squeals and you know feedback hisses and all this random screaming it just it it was very abstract it didn't really have much of a song structure to it it was just like oh we'll we'll do like this take here and this take here 
mm-hmm. and like so it, it it kind of comes off as as like completely formless noise sometimes um which again made it a difficult listen for me but it was still you know um an interesting you know take on what they're doing on sort of parallelatronics um not to mention it is just it is a vicious like the the sound like when when they really get full throttle it's it's really vicious like probably more than anything else on this list like when it gets like really screaming and like really loud yeah it's 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 like scary to listen to at some points wow um so like yeah that's a, that that's that's what i had <laughs> it's all all 12 14 i don't know too many too many albums um but it was it was fun i i really enjoyed this you know i was going through this and i was like i really got to do this to myself more like as in like just you know pick a genre a week just take a real deep dive yeah exactly because like a lot of these were albums that i really wanted to listen to for a long time like i had Mm -hmm. a lot of these on my to listen list like um specifically uh, Control Bleeding's Knees and Bones, and um, probably, I want to say, like, Skinny Puppy's Last Rites, possibly. Um, you know, it, like, I had a lot of, like, interest in a lot of these, and it was just really cool to see, um, you know, just, like, how much you can do with, you know, just something like noise. Uh, and it was it was definitely good inspiration for me and, you know, my own noise noise making so yeah um, absolutely i bet absolutely. yeah like actually especially uh prurient's pleasure ground because they you know you can hear a lot of like synth work that he does in it like and he doesn't really mask it too much he just mm-hmm. sort of hides it in a lot of like um sort of like a lot of white noise mm-hmm. so it's pretty interesting um but yeah <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know i don't really have anything much else here do you uh do you have an album of the week do you want to do albums of the week or yeah i just my my last thought will just be i mean yeah um you know this is a really cool experience so obviously i didn't take as deep a dive as (laughs) as you did i'm Um, not as uh you're not as obsessed as i am which is a good thing so (laughs) but hopefully anyone listening i mean this is a this is a pretty uh pretty exhaustive collection of of albums that that are all worth your time really definitely and i would say like you know if I understand if someone's on the fence about listening to something like Sutcliffe Jugend, or even like uh, there's a there's a really great power electronics album called uh, GR by uh, the the artist is called Death Pile, which I didn't include in this because I'd listened to this a while ago. But it's it's all about the Green River Killer, and it's sort of taken from his point of view. So like um like like the, there's a song called like like My First Whore and things like that on it and like it, it gets pretty gruesome but I, all this to say is you know if I, I i think if you give this type of stuff a chance i think it's really rewarding because you know it it tackles a lot of this stuff not in a you know adulatory way um it's more like it's it's just taking the the sheer harshness of human existence and sort of our darkest moments and sort of just pacing them up front, you know, just very bluntly for everybody to see and not, you know, not to hide it and to accept it for what it is. You know, um, like, for example, like um, White House has a album called 
uh, Buchenwald, or I, I don't know how you say it, Buchenwald, Buchenwald, however you say the, the name of the, the concentration camp uh, in Germany, uh, that it, it's sort of, I, I, I haven't listened to it, but it, it has very similar, like, just, it sort of puts you in that mindset of being just helpless and, you know, sort of having this authority and just being scared. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, just just because something deals with controversial topics doesn't mean it's bad, and it doesn't mean that they're they be, that the artists who make these things believe, you know, in those controversial topics. So, mm-hmm. anyway, albums of the week. Uh, what you have for me, Scott? This is an album that uh, Jonathan is is kind of saying the highest of praises for for a while now oh um, i think i know this but he he got the promo quite a bit ago and i was like you know what i'm finally gonna listen to it now that it was out this thing is punishing as all hell i mean <laughs> i think it's like it's black and death metal but also kind of war metal oh some, right some moments are just kind of black metal some moments are just kind of deathly mylingar mylingar uh dota yeah and i mean this thing is just i mean his review is spot on it's just one of the most aggressive just evil sounding albums i've heard in some time it's just so like from the the drumming the vocals the guitars the production and and it's it's on perfectly teetering on that line where it's it's you know distorted and create you know evil distorted enough that it really adds to that evil vibe but it's kind of coherent enough that you can pick out the riffing and really appreciate it um and it's just it's a phenomenal phenomenal album i don't really know where this falls like when we do our year endless for death Do- death store and cult column i guess maybe more towards the death metal end of the spectrum but it really is it takes the kind of most savage aggressive parts of both genres and just kind of uh um, just kind of makes it makes it work. It makes it work in a way that feels pretty even-handed on both uh, both ends. Oh, man, that's like I, I've been really wanting to listen to this thing, but it's not on Spotify, so I'm just gonna have to suck it up and just listen to it on Bandcamp. Yeah, I listen to it. I use the Bandcamp app, app on my phone while I was at uh, at the gym, and man, it really uh, really pumped <laughs> good up my gym workout. music. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a, <laughs> it was a good choice. Yeah, see, I I end up doing that too. Like I'll, I'll have like. Or at least I, I'll try to have like more aggressive stuff on, but I mean, here's the thing: is like I, I'll I'll go for a walk with Billy Joel on, so mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I'll still I'll still get it down, man. Like <laughs> it works for me. Um, anyway, so I'm I I really don't I didn't really know what to pick for this, so uh, I'm gonna pick a weird album that um, I didn't even expect to listen to yesterday. Um, Mega Drive, uh, 198XAD, uh, it's, it's a synthwave album, a sort of, like, retrowave, like, that, that type of, um, you know, 80s throwback type mm-hmm. of thing. It has some, like, electro-industrial elements to it as well. Um, I see, I, I used to, I used to really like, like, a lot of synthwave, um, and especially with, um, there's an album by Dan Terminus, um, I think it's called The Wrath of Code, if I remember right. Yeah, it's the Wrath of Code. That uh, real, I I really love that album. Like that really got me into it back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why it just kind of fell off because like a lot of it just sounds very similar, um, like almost too similar. 
So, you know, I but I wanted to get back into it because I, I like the aesthetic. I like the sound of it. Um, you know, and th- this was just a really cool album. Like, it just reminded me of, like, like Blade Runner in a way. Mm-hmm. Just, like, kind of like that cyberpunk kind of feeling that, like, you're in, like, this future where, like, corporations rule the world and, like, people are slowly getting addicted to technology. So, so, so basically 2019, but... <laughs> But just just a shade a shade darker, I guess. Yeah. Um. I, I, however, that's possible. But so, um. Yeah, I I thought this was a really cool. Album. The album cover is really cool. It's like a skull with like all this machinery plugged into it. Oh, that's it's, cool. Yeah, it's it's super cool. I and I, I love me like that eighties like retro aesthetic and like the, you know this is a whole genre that just like you know drips with that so i you know it's just a good fit but you know i, I had this on uh because I, th- I think it was because i had finished listening to billy joel on a walk <laughs> and i was like oh what else and i'm like oh there we go synthwave because that go. makes perfect sense and uh i ended up just not turning it off it was just really really enticing so <sighs> okay well thank you for listening and uh we will be back uh next week All right, thanks a lot. All right, bye. Bye.